Welcome to this week's episode of The Last Action Critics with two of the best coolers in the game, your hosts, Will and Ian. This is Season 2, Episode 21, Roadhouse is the movie. This is a classic, late 80s, early 90s action thriller. It was Ian's father's guilty pleasure, and I'm sure he is not alone in that. No. Uh, as uh, I just, I'm just not guilty. I just pleasure for me. <laughs> just pleasure. Uh, we got all the usuals for you. How you been? What you been watching? We're going to do a new segment. I got a brand new segment for you. It's called Lock and Load or Hit the Road. Uh, should be fun. We'll see how it goes. Feel free to <laughs> let us know if you hate it in our IG or if you think it's great. It's a work in progress. If you don't want to hear way. it again, tell us and we'll make it go yeah. away. Or yeah, we'll make it go away. It will become the new weekly segment. Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. I don't know yeah. either. We have no guests tonight. No guests. So Ian will have to wait to try and stop the dynasty of championships that I am building. I am on a three-peat currently, so you're welcome. Rough stuff. Uh, we're going to finish with Action April. Yep. And this is the finale of round one. We're going to talk round two. Yeah. See what's, see what's coming up. Yeah. It'll be awesome. Mm-hmm. You ready for this, buddy? I think I am. All right. Yeah. No further ado. Yeah. Let me start with you. How you been? Tired, as per <laughs> usual. <laughs> Damn you. I know. One day. One day I'm going to be very awake. Yeah. 18 years from now. <laughs> been, 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 been okay up until, like, yesterday. You know, the week itself was fine but then very exciting on saturday with a friend of the show james and yourself and my child and nina and kyle wonderful people wonderful people we went in costume to the renaissance fair pleasure fair pleasure yeah, fair. pleasure fair could have used more pleasure tents what is a pleasure tent i don't know i feel like it's uh sex <laughs> yeah i mean when i think pleasure 10 i the bare minimum is back rubs, back rubs you know what i mean yeah, i think then it's starting to get real you know happy endings time you know when you see the sign pleasure fair i just think it's like a try all of our different masseuse booths maybe a little like s&m maybe. station where you can get whipped on the booty sure. or something yeah some sort of like if you take pleasure yeah. in that kind of stuff maybe something safe like that but instead they had face painting well, I also was at the Renaissance Fair, as you know, and you just mentioned. I did. There was one pleasure piece that was kind of weird. The erotic beer service. <laughs> Wait, what? You I thought you were going to talk about the glass butt plugs. Nope. I wasn't going to talk about those, but I, I appreciate you bringing them up. You're welcome. You can get to that. Those are ones you don't want to clench on. No. That's for sure. We don't really know what they were. Maybe they're candle holders? It, they could have been anything. They looked like a butt plug shape, though. All of us thought everything everywhere all at once. That was the first thought in everyone's yeah. head. Yeah. But what is this beer thing? So you missed it. Oh, you were probably with your child being a good adult. Probably. Uh, watching a sh- I think you were off watching the Brune show already. Ah, uh, we were early to the Brune show. So we went to a beer tent okay. to just to get beers. And as we're jumping in line, James and Nina and Kyle and I are kind of in line. And all of a sudden, one of the ladies is like, to the people in front of us, is like, do you want your service with nonsense or no nonsense? And they're like, nonsense. So they have these little hanging like shackles. So you can hang onto the shackles and the girls essentially make like erotic, oh, you, you want me to pop that can open for you? Ooh. And they're like, it's getting weird. Like, like, oh. and then they'll, they'll like pour it in your mouth for you oh. and like constantly doing just innuendo of yeah. sexual innuendo and pushing their boobs at you. Uh, we all opted for no nonsense. No nonsense. Because that was, I mean, Nina and James were like almost just like, can you order me a beer? I don't, I feel uncomfortable. <laughs> like this is weird, you know? <laughs> And 
I was I like, I was like remember, you can tell them what you want. It's okay. So they got through it. We <laughs> okay. all got through okay, it. Okay, good. But it was definitely like one of the more awkward moments where we're all a little like, this is uncomfortable. Yeah. This feels weird. Did the but beer cost there, more there? Nope. Cost you just the probably had to amount. leave a bigger tip, maybe. You know, you would Encouraged. expect to leave a good tip after yeah. a girl erotically opens a beer for you. I guess so. I mean, it was all good fun. No, you know, sure. like, yeah. but it was yeah, a pleasure I mean, fair. Yeah, it at least made sense with the pleasure piece. Right. So yeah. I appreciated that. Yeah. Face paint, awesome. Yes, you got an axe on your face. That's true. I went to KBBQ with that axe on my face. Oh, did you? Yeah. Nice, dude. Yeah. Nice. It's weird. When you realize that there's an expectation to who you are that nobody questions that there's an axe on your face (laughs) when you show up to, like, the house. (laughs) Everyone just kind of doesn't say anything. And you're not sure if that's, like, ah, classic Will or Or if they're just, like, I don't know how to even bring this up. Should we even bring it up? So you were with uh, Mixed Company when you went KBBQing. Whoa, Mixed Company. Well, I mean, mean? like friends, not just you and Crystal. No, yeah, yeah. It was for her brother Chris's birthday. Okay. Uh, So their birthdays, they all do like a a night out. And we do usually one with the parents. We missed that one because we got scheduling confused. Okay. But we, we also do one with her brother and her cousin Mikey and his brother Josh and this kid Nathan and then April, who is Chris's wife. Okay. So that's the kind of crew that usually goes to these things. Yeah. It's it's fun, though. They're all super awesome. So they all know you well. We've done enough of these that, like, they know I'm a yuckster. So this was less being polite and more, eh, it's just Will. Do we even need a reason? No. He's a theater kid. You know what I mean? (laughs) Theater kid. These kids are all, like, accountants and engineers and stuff. You should have kept the costume. You should have used the costume, you know? You could have shown up in your your period-accurate Denzel Macbeth jacket. Let's just give a yeah, shout please. out to James on yeah. that. Those mm-hmm. costumes were absolutely amazing. James, James made put in so much costume. hard work, yeah. sewed these things up. I mean, he did like a last minute sew to adjust my costume yeah. at his apartment before we left. James, you are a god. Well played. And he learned how to cross stitch or whatever. To He made he made me a hat, a fun hat. All of this stuff. Uh, Needlepoint, needle essentially. Point. We'll make sure pictures are on Instagram this Embroidery. weekend. Embroidery. He embroidered. Yes. There we go. Knowing Getting that I am a fan down. of the Baltimore Orioles, he stitched, sewed, whatever. Embroidered. The Oriole, not the mascot, which I think would be a lot easier to do. The actual bird. Again, I will make sure a picture goes on the internet. It is impressive. It really is And cool. the costumes that we got to walk around with. I mean, we had shirts. We had jackets. You had a knife. Yeah, like a, a short sword, almost. We looked pretty cool. We Vivian was all dressed up. I mean, it was yeah. bad ass. But anyway, it was a lot of fun. We, we had we, our own mugs, too. We did have our own mugs, which was super cool. That was cool, yeah. We, every time we got a beer, we'd put it in our own right mug, mug and drink. Oh, it was yep. awesome. Only the food lines were the only issue. Oh, God. we went to I went to go get my turkey leg, and that line was... <laughs> Easy an hour and a half. Yeah, so I didn't wait in that line. So I hopped into line with you for the tri-tip. So by the time you got there and then we figured out that we weren't even in the right line for the tri-tip or we needed to go to another line to get Uh back in this line and nobody else in line knew that. That's why when she told me that, I'd already been waiting there for 20 minutes. I was like, do I tell everyone? That's the nice thing. I was like, no, I'm going to tell the guy getting my food first and then we'll (laughs) tell everyone else. Dude, we skipped probably 10 people in that line just with that move We jumped. So hey, you know, the luck wheel. Thank you. You're welcome. Head on a swivel, buddy. I'm just saying, like, the amount of time it takes to just come up to groups individually Mm -hmm. as you walk down the line and say, hey, you guys got tickets. If you don't have tickets, go order there. Then jump back in this line. It would have been, like, two minutes of your time, and you would have had a full line and no yelling. Well, everyone would have known. Everybody knows in the Renaissance they didn't do lines well. 
you know. It's so this, true. It's true. This lines up with Renaissancean yeah. lines, cues, yeah. if you will. Yeah, the Renaissance <laughs> were known for their mobs. They were. They were all about mob eating. Yeah, there you go. So we should have just mobbed them. We should have mobbed it. We should have just jumped the windows. <laughs> no tip for you. Oh. Anyway, yeah. so that day was lovely. Mm-hmm. Got home. Jillian wasn't feeling well. Next day, took a test. Has the COVID. Oh, that kind of test. That kind of test. She had the COVID. I tested negative. Tested twice negative. So I'm feeling pretty confident. We'll see how it goes tomorrow. (laughs) I mean, she didn't know she was sick until she was sick. That's the problem with COVID. Vivian was fine and then crashed. They're both fine. But I think we're at a stage with COVID now where it's just the flu. Well, I think vaccinated middle-aged people are doing fine with it. And it's Uh, never been terrible to little kids. It's never been awful yeah, little, little kids. kids. Yeah, my both my nieces and my nephew got it. Yeah. Two of them didn't even like have much of a cold. Got a little sniffle, and yeah. one of them got like mildly sick for a night. You know, yeah. got a little fluey for like two nights, and then was over. It. Yeah, she was wiped out last night. I mean, high fever. You know, lethargic, etc. Today she woke up, she puked, but then about halfway through the day, full energy again, temperature down, mm. and then she passed out early. Went in there. Yeah. So we're doing the show remotely. Yep. Because I could have it. I don't know why you don't want to join me in the pain that could be coming. <laughs> and that's the worst part of it. I got to say, looking at Jillian, looking at Vivian, and I don't have symptoms. So it's like, either I'm one of those people who just nothing will happen to, which fingers crossed, or B, I'm just staring at my future. Right. Which is yeah, a you're little just three days away. A from little that horrible. Because it's just like yeah. Jillian was had a headache and like she's still under the weather, but you know, she's improved since yesterday, but like headache, just tired, achy, and it's just like, oh, you look terrible. <laughs> and then it's I like love oh, you. Yeah. She's happy I don't have it, but also definitely wants me to get it. Which is fair. <laughs> which is fair. <laughs> That's not fair at all. Well, she's like, I don't want you to get it. But also, you know, <laughs> you we bastard. both have it. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, you can't get mad at me if you do get it. Because this weekend I'm going to Vegas. So it's like, I need to either not have it or I need to be over the bad stuff. Oh, you gotcha. Know. Well, yeah. aren't you still contagious at that point? I'll wear a mask. Oh, wow. You're that guy. You know what? It's Vegas. I won't be Shame the only on person. You. you know what? I'm okay with that. I'm wearing a mask. <laughs> I'm wearing a mask. I'm wearing a mask. No big deal. No big deal. I'm doing okay. Can I just, and I just want to say, it's so hard for those of us that have no symptoms. Nobody wants to hang out with you. You know, nobody wants to spend time with you. I don't have any symptoms. This is tragic. It's worse for me, I think. spending time. Yeah, online. I can't hug you. I can't lick you. That's all I want to do is lick you. (laughs) I do miss your lickings. That's for sure. (laughs) Anyway. But the other thing, too, is I feel bad because, you know, you get home from the Renaissance Fair and it's like, hey, I feel really sick. And the next morning it's like, oh, I have COVID. And you're like, oh, Jesus. Like, if I'd have known going into that, whoops. (laughs) Yeah, that's like you can't help that. You can't. That's the thing. Yeah, you don't know it's coming until it's there, and it's like, well, poop. But now we know, and we're dealing with it. The nice thing is, Jillian gets some time off work. Much needed. Much needed. So anyway, for the moment, we'll see what happens tomorrow. Who knows what's happening when this episode airs? But for now, I'm feeling good. Yippee! Yippee! How have you been? Oh, I've been good. Again, Renaissance Fair, face paint, uh, tons of cool costumes. I was super excited about that. And then KBBQ, awesome, super fun. This Korean barbecue place is in the valley. Oh. And uh, <laughs> I just want to mention one thing. I mean, you could tell the, the servers were just like, 
oh, F. I don't know who the host was, but they weren't spreading tables well. And I mean, it's just packed. Was it all you can eat? Yeah, it's all oh, you can fun. eat. KBBQ. These guys are running around doing their best. So kudos to them. But the decor in this place, it, it looked like, and I, I said this at the restaurant, but it looked like the decor of like a bad heist movie. It, okay. it was like cool blue all in there. It was almost like, remember the fight scene in Red Notice? In her little museum showing place? Yes, I do remember that. Yes. You know, they do the little dance and yeah, then yeah, they yeah. fight. Anyway, it looked a lot like that in that like there were like ugly vases in like plexiglass <laughs> cases. And then they were all lit with like this blue like lighting like you'd put under a car. You know what I mean? <laughs> like neon blue. Yeah, like that yeah. kind of blue lighting. And it was like all over the place. It wasn't just like one or two. It was just like cases of these things around between the booths with just like okay. ugly, weird, like vases with jewels in them. It was weird. Yeah. It was a weird decor. Okay, sure. Either way, enjoyed the barbecue. Portions were a little small. Mm. You could tell they were all you can eat because they were like, every time you'd order another meat plate, it would come. You'd be like, well, that's like, there's six of us at this table and yeah. you're giving us enough for two of us to eat this meat. Right. You know, I guess we can order more and more and more. Yeah. But yeah, if you just yeah. gave it to us all at once, we'd be out of here quick. <laughs> right? We fill up fast. Exactly. But yeah, other than that, I kind of a, a chill week. I've been getting ready for my radio class, uh, right. which is going to start tomorrow's my first day okay. uh, with my mentor. And then I did I tell you I got my beer server certificate? No. It's what, the uh, Cicerone beer server. Didn't you get that a while ago? No, just oh, got it. That's new. I should have probably gotten it a while ago. I thought everybody, not everybody at your restaurant, but I thought that was like a not requirement mandatory. for a GM. At that nope. restaurant we don't talk I about. I knew enough about the beers. They didn't never questioned it. So how'd the Cicerone test go? It was good. I, I should have studied. What I level didn't. Cicerone are you? This is level one. Certified beer server, level one. If you want to pay extra, you can like get all the study material and look through the study material and study and then do the test. Will this get you more jobs? Well, What's it, the perp? Why not just be a bartender? If you're trying to go into craft beer service and beer server, beer tender at a, at a brewery. Oh, they I don't, see. It's one of those like, yeah, and I also have this. You know, I know okay. enough about beer. I'm okay. not faking it. Understood. But yeah, I didn't study. I still got an 83 on oh, it. Oh, you're fine. And the questions that I got wrong, I looked at and I was like, oh, okay, cool. Some of them were like, eh, I get you. I understand what you're saying. I just didn't know that. Yeah. Like off notes and like what flavors a beer gets with different types of oxidation versus sunlight versus, you know, some of that stuff. I was like, well, I'm guessing here. Otherwise, get it. Either okay. way, great. And then, yeah, I've just been applying for brewery stuff. All right. Trying to get a, trying to get a job while I go through school. Nice. Yeah. There you go. Let's talk what you've been watching. Why don't you take uh, take the- uh, I'll take lead. Yeah. I'll take lead on lead. this. I've been watching a bunch of stuff. I watched Chippendales. As did I. Wonderful. Delightful. Yeah. Adorable. Andy Samberg and John Mulaney are both perfect in those roles. Yeah. I, I just, it was a lot of fun. It's, it was a lot of fun. It's the kids who framed Roger Rabbit, basically. Essentially, it's like if who framed Roger Rabbit, you know, was like all tunes were getting jobs. And this is the, right. one of their jobs was either being a movie star or just doing regular tune stuff. But yeah, I mean, it was great. I had a good time. It's got enough for grownups mm -hmm. and for kids that it works on both levels. And which they I have. Appreciated. Ugly Sonic, which was a fun... <laughs> yeah, was Ugly Sonic a thing? I didn't Ugly, know anything about Ugly Sonic. So Ugly Sonic was when the first trailer for the first Sonic movie dropped. That was the Sonic that was made for it. And the entire oh. internet was like, what the fuck is this? That's the <laughs> dumbest fucking thing we've ever seen. I think the teeth must have been a big piece of it. But if you, if you yeah. Google 
Look up on, on YouTube or Google, like, first Sonic trailer, and you'll see it, because everybody was like, this is the dumbest looking Sonic, and so they went back and fixed it, and which is what we see now. Right. Yeah. I also enjoyed all the jokes about his eye contact, yeah, the, the, yeah, the Seth North- Rogen's character. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, oh, are you looking at me? Yeah, I'm looking right at you. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it's silly. It's dumb. The plot has a lot of issues like that don't quite get answered or make sense, but that's not that's what it's fun. about. Yeah. It's about one-liners and jokes. And like they, we went afterwards with Vivian and watched some episodes of Chippendale Rescue Rangers. And I don't know if all the episodes are exactly the same, but characters are there. I think they even used a clip from the original show. And Yeah, no, I watched a, an episode of um, Rescue Rangers. Uh, I... Much prefer Andy Samberg and uh, John Mulaney's voice to their chippy voices. I forgot how screechy they were. Yes. Uh, which yeah. is Chipmunky. I get that. It is. But it is. It was a little like, ugh. And they did ugh. use the original voice actors for them at one point. So that was cute. Okay, yeah. It's a, it was a, it's a cute movie. And if you it's know Rescue movie, Rangers, you'll like it. And it dives into a little bit of the fun of different animation styles mm-hmm. through mm-hmm. the years. Yeah. yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I've also been watching Under the Banner of Heaven. It's cool. It's got a, it's a kind of a, it's Mormon town with a Mormon police detective and essentially this, uh, LDS or Latter day Saints, right. uh, family. We watch them kind of become extremist and there's a, a violent crime and everyone's looking into who did it. And we're starting to get a backstory on this, uh, Latter day Saints family, which is like this kind of very high prestigious Latter day Saints family has a lot of lineage and heritage. One of their brothers is a suspect in this, but it's also this Mormon detective kind of being confronted by these more what this family that has kind of become Mormon extremists. Mm-hmm. So it kind of talks about, you know, his faith versus theirs and the church and what they support. But I, I just think it's really well done. Dives a little bit into the history and backstory of Mormonism, which I, I didn't know as much about. But it's just kind of a cool dialogue on someone's faith versus cult versus how far do you go to protect something like this from itself or, or from bad influences that are in it. Well, now you got to so, go watch Big Love, you know? I probably won't. Okay. <laughs> I also watched first two episodes of Deep Space Nine. Ooh, all right, all right. It shows promise. Okay. Although, anytime you watch a movie where you're going back that far and the special effects sure. and the camera and all that is so old, yeah. it's always a little hard for me to kind of stay in it. Sure. I'm sure if I'd watched it in its era, it sure. probably would have caught me, but now it just all seems a little antiquated. Well, I mean, you're looking at TV budget, though, and it was... TV budget and not a big TV budget. DS9's always been a little bit of a black sheep, even though it's one of the better... Again, showed promise. Yeah. It does, yeah. And Avery uh, Avery Brooks is just a just a weird actor. I love him. Oh, yeah. He is a little odd. He, he smiles at incorrect times, he it does. feels like. Anyway. Uh, and then, last but not least, uh, I watched some episodes of Strange New World. Which is the new Star Trek yes, on okay. Paramount Plus. And how is that? Good. Highlights, I would say, are Ohura's character. You're okay. seeing her from her kind of being a, a young cadet, essentially, mm-hmm. and her kind of growth, uh, which is kind of cool. And, 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 uh, yeah, so far, I think James, if you're listening, this is the one you would probably like the most of the ones, new ones that have come out. It seems fairly episodic. It's got a little, a little bit more of the science stuff to it that, that I think he was looking for. So I don't know. Uh, I'm enjoying it. Okay. And that's it. That's good. All right. What have I watched? Let me tell you. I started to watch, uh, well, I watched probably three quarters of Cat Williams's new stand up special on uh, Netflix. I think I watched some of that as well. He has some fun. I, one of his earlier specials, maybe like Pimp Chronicles Volume 1, I think is fantastic. But he's gotten to a point where his humor, in my opinion, is just – it's very simplistic. 
and he doesn't really delve into things. And then he gets to a point where, like, it turns into, like, there's science and there's God. And I was like, ah, I'm checking out on this one. Because then he just gets into, like, well, God created this. And it's like, ah, I'm moving on. But then, to counter that, I watched both parts on HBO of the George Carlin documentary. Oh, I wanted to see that. Fantastic. And what's great is it's just lots of clips of George Carlin doing stand-up from the very beginning when he was, you know, suit and tie, no beard, doing the TV shows. His life was just, I don't know, it's very interesting. And him and his first wife stayed together till she died. And they had some, they had some rocky moments, alcoholism, cocaine use. But it was nice to see, like, this guy just always worked on himself as a person, as a father, and as a husband. So a lot of interesting stuff was learned about Mr. George Carlin as I watched, which I I really appreciated. Can I tell a quick story about George Carlin? Please tell a quick story. My dad, we do every Christmas Eve, we cut a Christmas tree down, and we put it in the house, and we put up Christmas lights on it. Yeah. And one Christmas, uh, my mom wasn't home. She was picking up somebody maybe my aunt or something. And we started doing the Christmas tree and my dad and all of us were kind of like, I, I might, I might've been in my early teens. Uh, and my dad decides to put George Carlin record on and just like, just, I've never seen my dad laugh so hard. You know, he's a couple beers deep. He's feeling good. <laughs> we're all up on ladders, putting ornaments on yeah. and he's going through the seven, you know, there's the oh, seven, the seven, yeah. seven, seven words you can't say on TV and yeah. like his whole, his whole like on record kind of like shtick. Yeah. It was the first time I'd heard stand up where I was like, Oh, this is, this is really good. Yeah. Like this is really like really smart. Yeah. Uh, so I, I've always loved George Carlin just for helping my dad laugh. <laughs> I've always felt like comedians are sort of the new philosopher to some degree. And I don't think that's true about all comedians, Cat Williams. But I do think, (laughs) you know, sometimes they're just, you know, they're they're low grade philosophers. And that's, there you go. And I do think George Carlin was sort of a different kind of comedian in that he was always, especially towards towards the end of his life, the philosophies started coming out a lot more and, and the things that he thought and the way that he looks at the world. And when you watch this documentary, there's stuff that he says that you're like, oh my God, that applies now. What I loved about him was his wordplay. I mean, his ability yes. to, to turn phrases and use mm-hmm. words in, in ways that you didn't see coming and to pick out these oxymorons and these kind of ludicrous things that we use in everyday language was always like, Always struck me about his comedy, so yeah, I'll definitely check that out. Super smart dude, yeah, very interesting. Both both halves worth watching. And I, I before we that was that's pretty much all I watched, other than wrestling. Uh, you know, I love my wrestling. I'm going to see some wrestling uh, this weekend, so you know. Oh hell yeah! Um, and then hopefully we'll go see some wrestling next week. We'll see. That's what I'm talking about. But so the two things that I I wanted to mention first, we didn't bring it up last week. I think I know where we're gonna land on it. Firestarter, Essential 26. God no. Oh, and then the second. I, I, you know, let me say this, and and I I you know like I love Eric to death, and I respect his opinions. He breaks down films very well, he does, he and does. and he's very smart about his his understanding of films, and he definitely knows more than I do about film and and being a, a critic of films. That being said. I thought you went soft. I thought you went soft on that episode. I felt like you were hiding some of your dislike, trying to be too nice. You know what? There's also the possibility that and he's also you know Stephen King guy. You exactly. Know I mean? it, it hit everyone's, him in the everyone's, right. Yeah, in the right spot. I feel like I've had I have movies like that where it's like I know this is bad, but you know what? I fucking love this. You know. So yeah, Independence Day resurgence. That's a terrible movie. Terrible movie. I love it. It hit every button I wanted it to hit. 
Moonfall, you know? The Moonfall. <laughs> Moonfall's a great example. Yeah. Not a good You can't movie. defend it. No. But you can't say you didn't like it. I can't. I can't. <laughs> they literally wrote, what, uh, fuck the moon or something? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. what? Genius. And then the other thing is, we didn't mention this when we discussed Desperation last week. James Marsden plays a young Tom Skerritt in the Vietnam scene. That's James oh, Marsden. yes. We didn't mention that. Sorry, listeners. James fucking Marsden. Getting his act on. Good for him with his, what, two lines. Yeah, but that's like, all he needed. Just so random. That's oh, yeah. all. I, I mean, was... that guy's been in some random movies. He has. He's an odd You know, fella. what was that movie where they go on the road trip and he's like the older brother? Oh, Sex Drive. Sex Drive. Which is a delightful yeah. film. Yeah, so wonderful. Yeah. But, but yeah. he just like randomly, yeah, oh, there's James Marsden. He's, he's the, the dick older brother. He's the dick older brother. He's so good at that role. He, he is. He, he should do he it really more often. It. Yeah, you should. <laughs> <laughs> all right, next up, here it comes, what you've all been waiting for, oh boy. the new segment. Ooh. It's called Lock and Load or Hit the Road. In this segment, Lock and Load, obviously, this is anything you say yes to. You know, it's okay, like swipe yeah. right, swipe left, right? right? Lock and Load, you're like, I'm, I'm down for that. I think right. that was the right move or I'd have done the same or what have you, right? I feel like it's, is it, well, choose your own adventure, if you will, I guess. It's a little bit, I almost went with choose your own adventure as the yeah. name of this segment, oh, weirdly enough. Okay. But yes, it has that element to it, like... Think of a scary movie. Right. When you walk into that house and the first creak and you hear the guy, as Eddie Murphy famously said, get out. Some ethereal voice. Do you roll or are right. you fitting to get active? Yeah. You're trying to, you're trying to beat this ghost out. You're right. like, nah, I think we're fine. You know, that's the kind of idea. Got it. So we're going to do this game. I'm going to ask you right. and then we can discuss if there's more debate to I it I like it and these are all based on what we watched Roadhouse right I am a noted coward so we'll see how this goes <laughs> yeah well again Notable. you can also just comment on whether you think it was a good idea got it okay. or not got it. so you don't necessarily maybe you wouldn't do this because you're a wonderful person and let's be honest you wouldn't do most of these things sure but in the situation just be a game of hit the road and that's not a fun game but if i had patrick swayze's muscles oh god and well, zen you know. ability and a and a philosophy degree from nyu i'm gonna be honest i thought he'd be a little bigger <laughs> You don't know how many times he's heard that. I don't know how many times I've heard that. <laughs> All right. So here we go. Okay. Uh, lock and load or hit the road. I'm going to start with an easy one. Okay. This is from the producer's perspective. Got it. You're doing the soundtrack right. for Roadhouse. Sure. Swayze comes to you. He says, yep. I want in. I've written a song. Yep. I want to perform that song. Yep. Also, there's this other song. I also want to sing that song. Right. Do you say lock and load, brother, or do you say hit the road? Fucking lock and load, baby. Sweet. Fresh off Dirty Dancing. He was getting swamped by women while making this film. He had a security detail specifically to deal with like (laughs) middle-aged women who were like hounding him. You absolutely put him in this fucking movie on the soundtrack. Dude, he is. He has a song. He's got two, right? He's got two. Yeah. One he wrote. Nice. Okay. I I listened to the song. I was like, that's not bad. Okay. You know, if you you just read the lyrics, you're like, oh, that's bad. Okay. Uh, I also didn't recognize his voice. As oh, his okay. in the singing, like right. he doesn't sound like I don't. I wouldn't have put it together with him. So you are you are locked and loaded on that one. Good, good. 100%. You and me, we are in it together. Guy blows up the place next to your place, right? With the guy you recently have become friends with. It's yeah. his hardware store. You're dating his niece. Yeah, you've just started dating his niece. Right. And then the guy who you know blew it up. Right. Walks into your bar. Right. 
has his hoochie mama mm-hmm. do a strip dance yeah. and then gets his number one boy mm-hmm. to start whipping around the pool stick. Yeah. And he essentially beats the heck out of your team. Mm-hmm. Do you break rule number two on this? Always be nice. Always be nice. Okay. Is it time? Right. When in that series is it, is time, it time to break rule two? Is it before the guy comes on with the pool stick? No, I think you wait. I think you gotta. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit the road. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna leave, but I'm right. gonna hang. I'm gonna hang out on the road. Yeah, you're you not gotta, understanding how powerful Brad Wesley is in this town. You can't just fuck him up right away. You can't, especially because you're working for the the guy who runs the double deuce. It's true, but it is Patrick's way or the highway. He makes that clear early true. on. He does, he does. But I think, and I hate to say it. I think a slightly different rule applies to Brad Wesley because a he's su- supplying your booze, right? Mm-hmm. He hasn't switched up the booze supply yet. No, he but he's li- he's gotten the booze through because Sam's there already. Sam shows up the day the booze comes. That's, That's right. His first That's right. Day, so they do have and their own booze. He saves him in the they back in, in, in the in I the loading. So he's got the booze. If if Red had died in the explosion, lock and load. Yep. But Red Lock didn't die. Everyone's you safe. Just, you just start beating ass immediately. Right. Ex- oh, absolutely. But everyone's safe. Everyone's alive. You bought insurance, right? Yeah. You know, hopefully he's got insurance. But you, you know, you're also you're camped out across his, from his place. So it's like bide your time. You're a smart man. He says at the beginning to Tillman, he says it's going to get worse before it gets better. He did. So this did. is it. This is the, this is bottom of the barrel. So now you know we're on the bottom. Now there's only one way for me to go, and that's mm-hmm. up. That's ass kicking. Mm-hmm. And also, let's be honest, he fed his teams to the shark, to the shark by yeah, sending him after like Jimmy. Yeah, I felt like that was a little like, you we know this Jimmy dude's out. next level. There's no need to send Chubby and the pool boy over there yeah, to try and take was, him out. That wasn't fair. I felt like, I mean, granted, you got to test your team sometimes. You do, you do. Sometimes you got to test your team, make sure they know how to deal with these things. Yeah. But as soon as you see that guy's necklace, you're like, yeah, this guy's taking people out. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay, so this is from the bad guy's perspective. Okay, all right. You're getting guff. From right. your underlings in the town who are supposed to be paying you rent. Right. You've already blown up one of the establishments right. of these guys. Yes. Then you've decided to make a show of power. Right. And you've decided to take a big wheel and truck through a... Which had no roof, by the way. No roof there. No roof. You <laughs> decide to essentially have your guy in his big wheel just roll over, or his monster truck just roll over... I like big a, wheel. ...a Ford car dealership. It, it, do you make that move? Is that your power move? In the middle of town, everyone's watching. Yes, I do, as the villain, because the guy who runs the car dealership turned on you. Actively so. You know it. That's why you're doing it. How did he know? I don't know how he knew, but he knew. There was a snitch in that room somewhere. There was a snitch somewhere. I think from his perspective, you got to show power. The double deuce is the last you're going to really destroy. You've already messed up the inside, but your war now is with Dalton. That's your war now. You need Mm -hmm. to let the townspeople know that, like, you rule this town. Let's hope that guy had insurance. (laughs) I'm just saying, like... At what point do you go, wait, this is not like there's plausible deniability anymore. He's done something illegal. But he owns the cops. To the town. He does own the cops. But still, at that point, for sure, you can go, oh, well, everyone in town saw it. We all know what happened. We can all... But I think that's the point. Testify to it. You want the town to see it, and you want to flaunt your power. You want to be like, I'm doing this in front of all of you, and none of you can do a goddamn thing. And then it, it turns out it was that, cool. You know, it was. I was into yeah. it as a show. It was great. Yeah, absolutely. So I would personally lock and load yourself. Yeah, you I'd hit the road. Lock and load. Uh, you'll lock and load. Okay. I'd probably lock and load. You know, you did subtle things without your name on it. This is time to say, hey, boys. Yep. It's go time or no time. We don't time. technically know who blew up Red Shop. 
technically. Right. So that's why you go and you stand there and you put a stamp on the destruction of yeah. the, the car dealership. Okay. Two more. You get in a fight with head honcho dude. Jimmy? Jimmy, yes. You kick the gun out of the dude's hand. Okay, so let's back up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just had sex. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. Someone set a house on fire, Emmett's house next door on fire. You run out in your jammies, make sure Emmett's okay. Your woman's outside. You know she's outside. Then you go tackle a dude off a bike. You get in a fight. He pulls a gun. You kick the gun out of his hands. You then grab his throat, tear it out. Yeah. Your woman comes over mm-hmm. and she checks on that dude immediately. She's a doctor. Ride or die. Is she your ride or die, boo? Or do you say, hey, lady, look. You just saw the power. You got to be into this right now. I mean, I'm going to, I'm, yeah, no, I'm going to write. It shows that she has a set of uh, morals and ethics. She's a doctor. Mm. She's checking on this guy. She doesn't want anybody to die. You know he needs to die, but she doesn't know how dangerous these people are. And you got to keep that from her. But she now knows how dangerous you are. She does, but. And she doesn't even come over and say, you good, baby boo? Well, and then go check on the guy? You just ripped a man's throat out. But you good, baby boo? She no, knows you good. She knows you good. Okay, all right. I think I think I, I ride or die. I mean, I, Kelly Lynch is Kelly Lynch, and she gets a pass on a lot of things just because she's got a little bit of a Doctor Smoke Show factor to her. But I think I think you appreciate that she cares about people, no matter who those people may be. That's nice of you. Yeah. That's nice yeah. of you. You you don't? Nope. Oh wow. You hit the road. Oh wow. You walk into the room. Patrick Swayze has just stopped himself and his rage from dethroning another man. Yeah. 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 <laughs> all of a sudden, all the township owners show up. Yeah. Everyone gets a shot off. Mm-hmm. They take the guns, put it outside. Right. You uh, wake up underneath a polar bear. Do you rat on these guys or do you stay mute like that guy did and say he didn't see nothing? Well, because, quote, a polar bear fell on me. A polar bear fell on Fuck <laughs> so no, I don't rat. Fuck okay. no. I go to Swayze and I'm like, yo. Can I join the double deuce? <laughs> okay, you're trying to get a job at this moment? I think I'd give Swayze at least a couple days off before. Oh, who sure, knows? Maybe if not you're one the of the guys who put a knife in his boy. Maybe not in the moment. Yeah. You know. But maybe I, I apologize to everybody real quick. Yeah. Like, guys, I'm so sorry. They're all dead. How about we not arrest me? They, I, they were mean to me. He was the <laughs> one they bullied. It's true. So, I mean, he could argue that he was doing it because he felt pressure. You know, peer also, do you leave your butt? Bad guy calls you, says, I'm going to kill one of these two people. Mm. Your buddy walks in beat up. Yeah. Do you leave him to go get Kelly Lynch? Or are oh. you like, hey, let's roll together? Oh, that's true. Like, you could still be in danger. Yeah, Let's. why don't you grab a drink and take it with you? Yeah, I got a beer. There's a, a cooler in the in the place. What I have mean, you? That has to, I mean, he has to have just had that level of confidence in his buddy. That he could handle himself. I mean, he'd already gotten his ass whipped. I know he had, but he he was still walking. Maybe he thought the guy was out of the woods. I think he thought if you're here and you got beat up, that means they're gonna go kill her. But it was a right. it was a little red herring, little flip around. Here, I got I got one for you actually. Yeah, you show up to the double deuce. You're looking around. You see a little drug dealing. You see a little pilfering from the money. There's a mm-hmm. dude just fucking somebody in the back on his break. Oh, that was later, but still, that was later. You're still you're seeing all the problems with the bar. Yeah. Sit everybody down. Do you fire Terry Funk? Uh, Terry Funk being the big guy. Ter- being the big guy, yeah. The big guy who's angry. Yeah, because he's like, you don't, you don't have the right mentality for this job. You have to fire that guy. You think so? You have to fire him. You don't try to work with him. Uh, you know that guy was just. I mean, having been a, a bouncer right. at bars and having done this a little bit, that temperament is the worst. Okay. It, causes more problems than it fixes you, you know like his three rules about always be nice right. always take it outside those are like legitimately good 
like are, yeah. cooler rules. Yeah. Those are like smart club owner. Yes. Right. We don't want a scene inside. We want to be as nice as possible until we're not able to be nice. Yeah. But I've seen so many hothead bouncers just start fights that didn't need to be fights. And then if you're a hothead, then now there's a fight and now they feel justified. Then their six buddies jump in and now we're, we're back to square one when we could have slowed it down, got them outside. And then once they're outside, keep them outside. Heard. Right, so, yes. You. Okay. You let him Fire go. that man. You let him go. Now, right. Maybe be a little nicer. Sure. In sure. the firing process. Hey, man, sorry. You don't have the right temperament. Like, if you want to do something else, I, I don't know. I'm sure they need someone to load in the booze and, and other jobs. <laughs> give them a different job. Different job title. You don't give him like a, look, man, you don't have the right look, temperament. We can work together and see if you can get there. But for at least a couple weeks, you ain't you ain't going to be bouncing. Okay. You give him an opportunity. Hmm. Or do you think know. he's too far past that? I mean, he's a big dude, he's and you'd love to have him to, on your side right. for sure. He seemed like the only qualified bouncer in the club. That's your novelty. Your novice eyes, though. That's true. That's true. You didn't see it. That's why he's, well, he's now the best in the biz. Yeah. So. He is now the best in the biz. Yeah. So that's One it. These, that's all I got. It's too bad we don't have a guest this week, because we could have tried to pitch fix Roadhouse 2 last call, mm. which mm. I've never seen, and I very much want to see. Because I oh, know it's going to be Jonathan Shake of uh, that thing you do, Jake Busey, Will Patton. Jonathan Shake plays his son, but no P. Swayze. He was, I believe, he had died at that point. No, he really? was two thousand nine. No, so maybe he was. You're right. He was still alive. Yeah. Wait, how long ago did they make this? Two thousand six. Oh, okay. So about three years. Okay. I I don't think I, I you know if I were Swayze I'd have said no. Um, oh heck yeah! But I think the the plot is that his son works for the FBI and his father has been killed, and he's now going to try to find out by you know bouncing. I haven't seen it. I remember when it came out, but uh, I'll check it out. Yeah, oh, I want to watch it. It's not available anywhere. Yeah. Believe but it or what's, not. What's also interesting is like I love that they build this mythology of like coolers in the business. Mm-hmm. I've worked in bars a long time now. I've never been like, oh yeah, man, everyone knows that cooler. He's the best in the well, biz. Well, the cooler's just your that head guy. bouncer, basically, right? Like, yeah, he's just he's just the guy who makes sure that like, the, the head security, right? Yeah. But like, people from other towns knew about this guy. He was that good. People also knew who Sam Elliott's character was Even too. Better. That's a that's a whole. I mean, he was driving over. I mean, they had a plane ticket, so he was driving pretty far. Yep. Wasn't like next town over. The guy when he recruits him is like, "Hey, I got your plane ticket already," yeah. and he's like, "No, I'll drive. Flying is not safe enough." Which was like, <laughs> "No, nah, that's not how that works." Either not way, when, maybe not when you're dull. maybe flight in the eighties was a little more dangerous. I don't go. know, but either way, the point is, you have a plane ticket. Yeah, that means it's a long enough drive that nobody's thinking. Yeah, twenty minutes down the road, you're right. thinking state or two over probably right. yeah and all these people know who you are and that you throat killed a man before they do know that that's the legend that's the myth. i also enjoy that he's got a method for killing yeah throat kill like throat, throat almost rip. three times he what throat the- kills a dude first time second time he throat kills and then the last guy he's literally hand up three fingers out He's a throat. Don't don't mess with Dalton. Don't mess with he Dalton. Rip your throat out. Yeah. He also uh, Swayze's got a real dance kick style to him. Well, he was a dancer. I know. I'm just saying. You could tell. I read that Swayze considered this a western. Oh, it absolutely is. Yeah, it could be a not exactly a yo Jimbo, but that idea of like town owner that runs the town and all the people are. Yeah, it was totally a western. Yeah, totally a western. But there was, I guess, that there was a. This movie was loosely based on a real story where some people killed, like, sort of like what happened to Ben Gazzara. People killed a dude in a town and nobody did a thing about it because he was, you know, a villainous, a villainous type. Yeah. And where were those? Where did he hide those shotguns? <laughs> uh, we didn't see nothing. We didn't see nothing. Where'd you oh, just yeah, come where from? Did he take them? Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> where'd you, where'd you the come other from? Room. Oh, the other room. What's in yeah. there? Nothing. They knew he all was, the our shotguns are in the other room on the couch. Cop was happy to see him. See him. You know, yeah. little disappointed. We only get one scene with Keith David. Real background too. Yeah, I mean, he he was a glorified extra in this. Apparently, you know what I mean, the original cut was like three hours long, and he had quite a bit more. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, because you know, he does very little. In nothing. This. It must have been I, a very was, early. Yeah, I was surprised. I was like, because he got billed pretty well. He did. He did. You know what I mean? Like, he got billed like he was going to be a bigger character. I was waiting I was for like, him. And I was like, I'm excited because it's not David Keith. Yeah. We, <laughs> we got the inverse, and he's better. Okay, so the just his name's at, Ernie. The thing I was going to mention was, I guess the director talked about how there's there's eight different fight scenes in this movie, like big fight scenes, and he wanted each one to look a little different. And I feel like he actually did a pretty good job. Each fight has its own feel to it. Does that make sense? You know, you got your... Yeah. Let's jump into it. Yeah, okay, let's so let's, let's dive yeah. into it. Let's dive into Roadhouse. Uh, if you haven't been here before, super simple. Uh, we got five categories, action, acting, directing, story, and gut. Good. Gut is just what you want it to be. And then we rate everything one to five, one being the waste, five being the, the top of the tip of the top, and we go from there. We do. It's all fair. It's all fair in love and war. All right, Roadhouse, 1989. Dalton lives like a loner, fights like a professional, and loves like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> he does. Uh, I want that on my grave. <laughs> Except with my name, not Dalton. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Double Deuce is the meanest, loudest, and rowdiest bar south of the Mason-Dixon line. And Dalton has been hired to clean it up. He might not look like much. But the PhD-educated bouncer proves he's more than capable, busting the heads of troublemakers and turning the roadhouse into a jumping hotspot. But Dalton's romance with the gorgeous Dr. Clay puts him on the bad side of the cutthroat local big shot, Brad Wesley, directed by Rowdy Harrington, starring Patrick Swayze, Kelly Lynch, Sam Elliott, Ben Gazzara, Marshall R. Teague, Sunshine Parker, Julie Michaels, Red West, Jeff Healy, John Doe, Kevin Teague, and obviously Keith David. And Terry Funk, the great wrestler Terry Funk. There you go. Are you ready for uh are you ready for Now I know why you wanted Terry Funk to stay. I did. I do. Yeah. He's a wrestler. He's Terry <laughs> Funk. Come on. He's like the hardcore wrestler. Let's go. You know he can take he can take some pain. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, it's true. It's he true. He can take some pain. All right, you ready for 30 on the board? 30 on the board, baby. All right, here we go. And Begin. P sways at his best. K and A's taking names, and uh, this is essentially about a man with principles who won't be unprincipled. And he comes into town and he lays the new law down. And he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to have to be that guy. But you know, he got pushed to the limit. And when you get pushed to the limit, and somebody's threatening your lady and your livelihood, it's kill or be killed, baby. Mm-hmm. Throat ripping. Is what you gotta do. Time. You gotta rip some throats. So just in case anybody's wondering, Dalton's rules of bouncing. One, never underestimate your opponent. Expect the unexpected. Two, take it outside. Never start anything inside the bar unless it is absolutely necessary. And three, be nice. I think we mixed that up earlier, but still. Oh, we did mix that up. Doesn't matter. They're all very important. Yes. And I just want to point out. Be nice. As we begin this, in case you weren't sure, I don't know if we mentioned it at the top of the show, this is Ian's birthday episode. Woo-wee! I did not mention that at the top that's, of the show. I'm okay. so sorry. Don't worry about it. On So not today, not today that you're listening to this, but on Monday, 
That's my B-Day. So if you've made it this far, baby. pause it, finish the rest of it on Monday. Don't do nice. that. That's, you know, that's no, not don't do that. Happy um, birthday, by the way. Thank you. One other quick little thing I want to mention. Jeff Healy, who is uh, Cody, the blind guitarist. My yeah. da- my dad had a couple of his albums. Dude, I was going to say, guy. the soundtrack on this movie is Beast. Oh, yeah, it's great. I mean, it's it's right up there with your Kenny Loggins type of soundtrack where you're like, yeah, you're getting it done. Yeah. All right, Solid. let's start it. Let's yes, start it please, up. Action. Please, please. Action. I went 3.5. 3.5 I know that's action. high. I know that's that high. That is high. But I went because I do think it's well-timed fights. There are, the fights all have, they have a little weight to them. Dudes are getting punched and hit, and it's, while it's not your bang, bang, John Wick every five seconds, it is every fight has meaning, every fight has weight, and they're all fun, and throats get ripped out. I mean, that's a point in and of itself. Dude, one throat rip gets you at least two points. How often do you see a throat rip? Not often. Exactly, not enough. Yeah, this is a, a movie that it's it's hard not to rate for its time period. Sure. But if I'm rating just purely across the board, I, I give it a three. That's fair. I give it a three because, yes, the fights are all timed well. I feel like they do a good job of making the fights, even though you know it's going to be a good outcome, you don't know it's going to be that good an outcome. Right. You're not sure if and when Sam Elliott's going to die. Every time I watch this movie, I forget that he dies. Yeah. And, Every time. And, you, and when he's fighting, you're like, oh, man, this guy, wait, are they going to do that? Is that going to, you know what I mean? Like, it, it eats at you a little bit. Mm-hmm. Dalton and you're like, yeah, he's going to win most of these fights because right. he never goes down. He never else. does a win. But everyone else, you're like, yeah, fair mm-hmm. game. And they're blowing places up. You're not sure which town person might get it. Uh, red, they do a good job with that. But just overall, like, yeah, I mean, the fights are a little simplistic. They don't have high-octane moves necessarily. The beach fight with the throat rip, there's some good kicks in there. Like I said it before, it has a little bit of a dance fight to it. Sure. He does do a like a no-look bottle dodge at one point in the bar. A, a bottle flies at him mm-hmm. and literally comes he just does one of those like held head tilt and it, it smashes next to him but he doesn't move at all other than the the that's short badass. head tilt i mean that's always i'm always into that yeah yeah it's not rambo but it's it's for what it is it's a lot of fun oh it's a great bar slug fest people yes. are going through tables mm-hmm. glasses are getting smashed mm-hmm. people are taking bottles to the face mm-hmm. it has some good just kind of rowdy carnage yeah and also little uh little thing here due to a knee injury sustained by mr patrick swayze he turned down the roles of gabriel cash in tango and cash and mike harrigan in predator 2 really instead he chose to make ghost oh because it was less physically strenuous yeah and a a great movie what a good move for him uh, quite uh, probably one of his biggest movies it probably is his biggest. I don't know. That or Dirty Dancing. Which is bigger, I wonder. Yeah. I mean, I, I have a feeling like overall sales, you probably win with Dirty Dancing. But for the time, like. Yeah, Ghost was huge. Ev- Ghost was huge. Yeah. I mean, sure, you got Point Break too, but like that's more of a Keanu movie. And I feel like Ghost has a wider range yes, of people who. A will. wider yeah. range. Yeah. For sure. So anyway, so he took some he took some hits on this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He also don't feel pain. He don't feel Thought pain. there'd be more to that line. And then he flinches at the first staple. He does. He does. He flinches at the first staple. <laughs> you definitely see him feel pain. I'll tell you what. Patrick Swayze, this guy can have chemistry with like a closet. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> the guy has just like, I mean, Kelly Lynch has never done much after this, never done much before, but their chemistry is great. Yeah, works. I think he makes her look good in this. He was on fire at this point in his career, let's be honest. Yeah, let's move into acting Let's really please quick. move into, yeah, why not? I got acting at a 3.5. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I put acting at a 3.5. 
point that's five. impressive swayze is everything you want him to be the guy can stand still and look awesome all day long there's still something going on there you know you know he's thinking you know he's doing it swayze is on his game in this sam elliott plays the perfect old bastard old shoe who's been around forever done it all him and kelly lynch that little dance scene where they're chatting in the mm-hmm. in the thing it's so nice and chill you just want to be hanging out with these characters and then ben Gazar is fantastic yeah you know when he's eating and talking to him uh when he brings him to the house yeah you're like this is lovely and i forget what the bartender's actors the actor of the bartender John who gets Doe. fired it, this movie has a ton of those lines mm-hmm. oh I, mm-hmm. I wrote one down actually I wrote a uh, oh yeah ton of those like on the sidelines where yeah. like the all the henchmen are hanging out and they're they're talking some shit you know what i mean yeah and one of the lines is like remember that lo- that blonde she could suck start a harley you know what i mean just like what who's talks like that first of all but yeah. like all of them are just all in and delivering and yeah. trying to like get it out so mm-hmm. i thought they all did a nice job the guy emmett is good in it i thought he played a nice kind of old yeah. man yeah. they yeah. had good banter mm-hmm. i just felt like it was solid 3.5 and in a movie where you didn't have to yeah and i guess maybe we'll get to that with the story but the lines in this there's so many great one-liners that and this i think this movie bombed in the box office but turned into i mean this has got to be on the mount rushmore of high sunday movies like it's on tnt at three o'clock on a sunday you're gonna watch 20 minutes of it you're gonna watch 20 minutes like just period i've seen this movie more on television because i always forget that there is nudity in this movie. That's how much I've seen this movie on television. And then all of a sudden there's boobs, and I was like, I I didn't know there were boobs in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Dude, are you kidding me? Of course. That movie boobs. is like a I mean, granted, I'm I got five years on you or whatever. But like <laughs> when that movie came out, I remember early nineties, that was one of the movies where like everyone knew boobs. And you were all trying to watch Roadhouse because you were like, well, it's close enough to just a plain old action that maybe mom will let me rent it. And uh-huh. it's got peace ways in it. And she might not know about the boobs. Right. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that was a well-known boob movie. See, for well-known me, Well-known boob movie in my, in my circles. To me, it was always just this movie. I think I even at points thought it was PG-13. Like I was like, oh, it's just Patrick Swayze beating dudes up in a bar. And so watching it this time around, first off, I forgot that, that Sam Elliott died. And I was like, I think he died. Does he? Oh, he's dead. Because he comes in all beaten up, and I was like, oh, he doesn't die. That's good. And then knife in the back. In the front. In the front. Oh, in the front. He rolls him over. That's right. Yeah, yeah, But, like, here's a good one. Being called a cocksucker isn't personal? No. It's two nouns combined to elicit a prescribed response. What if yes. somebody calls my mama a whore? Is she? <laughs> <laughs> like, come on. Oh, dude, it's awesome. Do you it's enjoy awesome. pain? Pain don't hurt. Most of my patients would disagree with you. <laughs> like, I thought there was going to be more to pain don't hurt. I was like, pain don't hurt. It's a state of mind. But nope. And nope. Uh, is a hurt. philosophy major. It, well, you know sure. I mean? Yeah. For acting, I, I wobbled with it. I wobbled with it. I wobbled with it. I ended on a three. You ended on a three? I ended on a three. I was at 2.5 for a while, but I, I decided to go up just because everybody's fun in this movie. Everybody's having a good time. I'm not going to hate on you for doing a three. Yeah. I probably oversold it at 3.5. But you know what? That's okay. The fact that I got the feels when Sam Elliott is dead on the bar, yeah. even though I knew it was coming, ah. still made, I, I knew they'd done something to uh-huh. me. Their performances made me enjoy. I mean, for the amount of actual screen time they have together, like yeah. and, and talking, mm-hmm. they build a relationship. Oh, they very do quickly. really well. Yeah, Sam Elliott is fantastic in this movie. Yeah, as the like elder statesman of bouncing, of yeah, of kicking ass. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and the mane on that guy. I mean, the hair oh on God, Sam so Elliott. Nice. My mom, when we were kids, uh, you know, one of my mom's like, 
you like go to like ooh crushes yeah. was Sam Elliott. <laughs> I never really understood it, but looking back, I go, oh yeah, that guy's a freaking stud, dude. Oh yeah, I, you know I knew him as an old man, uh-huh. but like you look back and you're like, oh no, that dude was lanky yep. and cool yep. and rock and roll. Tombstone ugh. is my Sam Elliott go to. Like that's who I think oh, of. Sure, because this dude fucks. <laughs> Yeah, this this dude fucks hard. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. He's living the good. I mean, he life. almost took home Kelly Lynch. Let's be honest. He there did. was like a he moment. There was a moment in that in that thing where he winks at her, and you're like, "Is it gonna be go time mm-hmm. for these guys? Oh, he, Is Patrick Swayze gonna sleep through this in the booth? Hundred percent could have taken her home. Obviously, with her permission. Right, yeah. right. But and <laughs> a credit to Ben Gazzara. And again, the movie. I guess some of the performances is like this is not a movie that should end with as many deaths as there are. It's a bar. This movie's about bouncing at a bar. And when yeah. Jimmy gets his throat ripped out, you are excited. Oh, yeah. And then Ben Gazzara takes, what, three, four shotgun blasts? And you're like, he deserves these. Every single one oh. of them. Yeah, you, you want him to it. die. You're yeah. like, rip his throat out, bro. But you're like, nah, Swayze's got it. He's, he's a good man. Right. He's got to know that if he does it here, it's not self-defense. Yep. yep. But the town's you know? They're old. And they're he's got to be able to hold that line. Mm-hmm. And she's got to be able to see him hold that line Bingo. so she knows he's safe. Yep. It's cool. Yep. Thankfully, there are three or four dudes there with shotguns. Problem solved. Yeah. So... You know, also when the f- attacks the final house, yeah. there's one of those moments on screen where you're like, wait, did he not see him on the other side of the buffalo when he walked up to the buffalo straight up? Right. Like, did he circle around on the buffalo? Like, like how did that work? Did there's you- <laughs> a couple moments like that. When he, when she comes to visit him at the Double Deuce and he gets in her car to drive away, the monster truck is sitting there and they're watching him. And it's like, did you not see the two dudes in the giant blue monster truck <laughs> sitting like three spots back. Yeah. It's like the debt collector, you know, like yeah, how yeah, close yeah, yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I also love the line. She drives him back to his car. He's got the stop sign in it and you know, like he's destroyed the car. Yeah. Fun recurring <laughs> joke, by the way. Yeah. 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 A great recurring that, joke. That car. Uh, she goes, Oh, your fan club. And like, he goes, yeah, they're devoted. <laughs> it's just yeah. like a nice little, like fun little line. Uh, I yeah. love this. Uh, all right, directing. Let's directing, move. Let's move. Directing. I'm going three. I was at a three. 2.5. I was at a 2.5. I'm going three because this is a stupid fucking movie. And I enjoyed, <laughs> like, the man took a stupid fucking concept and turned it into, like, a super enjoyable, watchable film that you want to see. I mean, Roadhouse should not, Roadhouse should be one of those movies that we all forgot about 30 years ago. And it is not. Everyone knows Roadhouse. And I think that that is a credit to the director who, if you look at his filmography, he has not done much. Like, Roadhouse is probably his biggest. He's also got Striking Distance, Bruce Willis and Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was fun. Filmed in Pittsburgh. I remember seeing it filmed when I was visiting. Yeah, 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 yeah. But those are like, those are his two biggest. pretty good banter. His last movie was Bobby Jones' Stroke of Genius. (laughs) You remember that one? Golfing movie with Jim Caviezel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel like, you know, this guy had two solid, solid Mm. movies in him. Stroke of genius, you called it that? That's what it's called. (laughs) It's like the biggie line, you know, got the meanest, cleanest, penis, you never seen this, stroke of genius. You want to fight dickless? I'm not going to show you my dick. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, it, it, I, I think that he, again, it's not a perfect movie. The fact that he did make all these fight scenes fun and engaging, even though they're all just fist fights, essentially, it's just a fun movie. It pulls you in. You had the feels when, uh, when what's his name died. Yes, you can credit story, but I think director definitely has to take something for that. Also just on a, okay, so my director is also in the, 
in the two and a half. Okay, and fair. I think he does the job, but I will credit him. When you have a ton of extras and stunt people in a bar yeah. and you have to coordinate kind of like carnage and, and a big kind of like tableau scene of a brawl yeah. in a bar, that's not easy. You and know he does what I mean? it a bunch of times. And he cuts well in between it mm-hmm. and the pacing is good. Mm-hmm. I thought he did a really nice job of putting this together and getting the right pieces at the right time and and creating those relationships. I mean, you kind of got to wedge a two-date relationship into this and make it feel real and sturdy. Like, shows up at the dock. She shows up for one date. Next date, they're having sex. She sees him pull a throat out on the second date. (laughs) At which point... No, the the hanging out with Sam Elliott was before the throat rip out. That's like date two. Was it? Yeah, because they they do the So is it three dates? I think three dates because that second date with Sam Elliott is an all-nighter. They go till the sun comes up. Oh, right, 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 right. So they spend yeah, some time. Sam Elliott shows up. Then, yeah, then they, they leave and they, they hang out all night. Exactly. So That's right. Yeah. Either way, three dates. Yeah. You see the man you're dating rip a man's throat out. Right. You stick by him. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> she kind of <laughs> left. She does. She gets a little She kind of hits the road a little bit. Right. And then she's like, she realizes, oh, no. He might be in real trouble. Let me go to this bad guy's house and see the dead bodies. Again, also kind of a cool, like, concept. Brings the car in. I mean, he does all these, like, practical explosions. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what's in that hardware store, but it blew up. Yeah, it blew up multiple times. I mean, blew up. I don't know what Emmett's cooking, but that that, it was cooking some TNT in that house, man. That was that was a those were yeah that was anyway. And then you you get a guy in a monster truck to drive through a a a dealership. He had some fun. You know what? I'm going three. He had some big kind of he had some big show kind of stuff in this where you're like, yeah, good on you. You decided, yeah, we're gonna film this. How many times we got to run through this thing? We're probably getting one to two takes on our budget of Mm -hmm. of doing this. So let's monster truck correctly the first time. Yeah. So cool. I feel like, yeah, you had to play with a lot of stuff that was tough to yeah tough to play Oh, and with. the first shot, heels coming out of the car, yeah. you know, zipped around, you follow the heels in. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he had some fun with this movie. There was, you know, there was some cool looking stuff in it. I would say it's probably safe to say that for this director, this was his apex. Like, this was his oh, peak. Oh, pinnacle. It certainly it, wasn't Stroke of Genius. <laughs> I haven't seen it, but I doubt it was. Yeah. <laughs> Misnamed. Um, and before we dive into story, just just the writer. There, there are two writers. There's a story and a screenplay. The guy who came up with the story, his biggest other contribution was Out for Justice. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, then, of so, course it was. Right. So that's the guy who came up with the the story. And then the screenwriter. The biggest two movies I found from the screenwriter were Romeo is Bleeding, which I actually haven't seen. Gary Oldman, Lena Olin, and then also Wag the Dog. So you know, some interesting. Wag the Dog's fantastic. It is. It's great. But yeah, some, that's like, well written. Not a lot of like, and that's again, I'm naming the biggest movies. Did from he them. do story or did he do? Uh, that was the screenwriter. That was the screenwriter. Was Wag the Dog. Okay, and then the gotcha. story was Out for Justice. Guy, you know, now that you say Out for Justice, this movie could absolutely have been a Steven Seagal movie. Oh, hundred percent. But it would not have been hundred percent. And this is kind of sacrilege for me to say Uh-oh. it would not have been as good because oh, yeah, the well, acting yeah. of P. Swayze and the people that were in it would have been a lot better than what Seagal did. But this oh, is a yeah. this is a straight up if you just look at the story, this is a Seagal movie. You yeah, know, bad much. boy comes into town and he essentially acts like a hard ass and takes people out. Yeah. This, this could is, have easily been a Seagal movie. This is a Seagal, Seagal movie would do a throat rip with for sure. Some subtlety. A little bit, but like if you look at Hard to Kill, 
Seagal like essentially takes a pool stick, shoves it through a guy's mouth and says, fuck you and die. You that's know true. what I mean? Like that's his, that's his kill line, baby. You know what I mean? He's got no problem ripping throats. Yes. So yeah, this could have easily been a Seagal movie and, and probably would have been a much different movie. And this movie does have the classic line, I fuck guys like you in prison. Right. Which- <laughs> yes. Yes. Apparently, so good. Jimmy, the actor, brought his mother to the premiere, and after he said that line, she stood up and was like, "That's my boy." <laughs> so, great line, great line. So, yeah, it's such a good line. Story. Yeah, uh, Steven Seagal would not have made sense in that line. You can't say that to Steven Seagal. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you no. wouldn't have had sex with him in prison. No, he's not pretty he enough. Want to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, story. Would you give it? Story. Uh, this is a, a two for me. There's, there's nothing. You know, it's a 2.5. I feel like you it's, talked yourself up. It's a 2.5 only because the dialogue is and the banter is so is good. Right. The story itself is super simple, super, super, basic, super, super easy. basic. But the but there's enough banter and dialogue that is good. I mean, it's not like Last Boy Scout good or Die Hard banter sure, good, sure. but it's like the next tier down of good. It's a journey you know? of one-liners. And it's got a little bit more kind of like heartfelt moments than than your last Boy Scout. Exactly. Uh, but, you know, last Boy Scout's just, I mean, that's next level banter. Yeah. Yeah. So I think this is a movie made for, a 2.5 for me as well for everything you said. It's a journey of one-liners. It's not an original, you know, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Totally. But I feel like we've sort of talked ourselves up a little bit with it because it is fun. It does keep you engaged. But again, that's where I think I it's more acting, more directing that, that does it for me. And then last but not least, gut. Gut. Four. Four. I mean, I'll watch this movie. Four easy. I will watch this movie right now. Like I, I this was yeah, this is not a hardship for me. It's a fantastic. There's nothing film. hardship for me. I can almost see how it almost it's like a fine wine. It needed to age. Like I feel like if we'd have seen this in theaters around the time of everything else that was coming out in what eighty nine, would this have been as good as we see it now? Or has it had years to sort of build and like the layers and the I don't know. I don't know. I think. Within its time period, yeah. If we were our age now, is what you're saying. But in that era, yeah. I think if we had gotten stoned and gone and seen this movie, would have sure. we would have enjoyed the f out of it. Sure, yeah. We would have been like, "This is just great fun," because that's all it is. I gave it a three point five for acting, but that's because I love it, uh-huh. not because I think they're some amazing. You know, we like- both end up with a sixteen. <laughs> So, which is better than our last three films, which are The Northman, Doctor Strange, and Firestarter. I mean, gut is where it's winning, yes. right? Oh, absolutely. And it's just got a better gut rating than any of those. I would argue anybody on gut for that. Like I said earlier, for me, it's not a guilty pleasure. It's just a pleasure. Absolutely. I feel like my, my father felt guilty saying it was a pleasure, so it was a guilty right. pleasure. But it's like, Dad, it's okay, man. And when you have young kids, you don't want to give sure. them the wrong idea because they don't understand the nuance <laughs> of like possibly what you're saying. And, exactly. And they maybe walk away with the idea that you thought that was some amazing film. Exactly. <laughs> you know. So where do we fall on, on a Ray? I just go five. Like, watch it, bro. You know you're going to like well, it. Yeah. Dude. If it came back out in theaters, go Ray, see you'd go, go see, see it. it. Yeah. Who wouldn't? Hell yeah. Who wouldn't? I'd be with you. All right. Well, Fantastic. Let us dive into our very final segment here. Ooh, Action the, April. The last Action April. So everybody knows we have our winners from our most recent poll. Mm-hmm. I think we can all pretty easily guess who won. Batman beat Robert McCall 29 to 3. And John Wick beat Paul Kersey 31 to 2. So gotcha. not much of a competition. Yeah. Sorry, anyway, Paul. we now move into round two. The scariest of all. The, no, it's not. Just round two. And that will begin. Voting when has begun. So as of today, when you're listening to this podcast, you can now go onto our Instagram and vote 
We are round two. The rules change just a little bit. We've now limited everybody down to their one guy. So James Bond is Daniel Craig. You do not have access to your team anymore if you have a team. It's just you. However, you do have access to all of your gadgets and gear. So if you're James right. Bond, you have your car. If you're Batman, you have your belt. If you're John McClane and, and Shaft. And your Batmobile. And your Batmobile. If you're John McClane and Shaft, you have your guns. So you have anything available to you that you have in your films. Next round, it will just be mano a mano. This round, you've got your guns. So round two, bracket one, we're just doing James Bond versus Jason Bourne. They've got what they have. And we're going to do two days of voting for each bracket as opposed to a full week like we did before. So anyway, James Bond, Jason Bourne, round two, bracket one. Voting begins this morning. So you'll get James Bond and Jason Bourne like a day or two just by themselves. Then you'll have a day where Rama and Hitman mix into it for mm-hmm. a day or two. And then it'll just be Rama and Hitman. Right. Staggering. Yep. Staggering. Staggering. All right. Well, anyway, this was the birthday show for the me. Woo! Next week, we have the birthday show for the show. For the show. Wow. Our birthdays line up like that? They do. Me, show, you. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. I know. And I what see that coming. will is our movie next week. Next week is the illustrious, the thrilling, the jet-on-jet action. We're talking Top Gun Maverick. The return of Maverick. We're going to have so much damn jet, jet, and jet arounds that it's going to be, ooh, I'm going to be jetting in my pants. Uh, It's going to be awesome. I will revisit Top Gun so we can talk about the original as well. You better, yeah. I I already uh, did it. I know you did. I'm jazzed. I know you are. Oh, my God, I'm excited. So we will... uh, Willie loves the jets. You're very excited. Willie loves the jets. And on that note, there is a bomb in both of our ovens. Get in your jet and fly away. Nice. To the poolside. You know what? We'll work on it. We'll you know what? We'll I don't, you know, this is why I don't like it. it. Makes a fool out of me. All you had to say was exit on both poolsides. I don't know. Exit on both poolsides. Anyway, bomb in yeah. the oven. Eject on the poolside. There you go. Star lives like a loner, fights like a professional. There you go. Gotta ask. I gotta ask Crystal. Do you do you love like there's no tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> if by if by I, I seem like I might die halfway through, then yes. <laughs>